What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Um, usually, day after games, I have my uh, game or recaps or reviews, whatever you want to call them. However, we did stream them live, did post it as a podcast episode. So today, we're actually going to be talking about something that I was thinking about. Was this past 2021 offseason the best offseason in Bulls franchise history? I'll be talking about my thoughts there, why why maybe, why not? Um, we'll also be diving into the mailbag with a few different questions we've gotten from uh, listeners and, and subscribers. So we'll get into all that right after this. All right, so I want to start this show off with talking about the Chicago Bulls offseason. Now that we are about a quarter of the way through the season um, and we're on pace for a 53-win season as of right now, um, I want to talk about, is this the best offseason in Chicago Bulls history? I understand uh, the us bringing in Dennis Rodman. I understand that even in the in the Jordan era, the Bulls had some pretty solid offseasons, but it was mainly role players. The reason why I wanted to present this question and talk about this and see how the fandom thinks about it and interact with you guys is, hey, in the, in the last year, 90% of the roster was turned over. But even outside of that, the Bulls have taken a team that didn't even make the playoffs. I probably probably would have had Zach Levine's COVID shit not happen and some other things. The Bulls may have made at least a playing game last season. But the Bulls took that roster full of a lot of young players who are unproven, some that have gone on to have excess, success on other teams like that Daniel Gafford, um, but some some pieces and turned them into a team that is the that is top 10 in both defense and offense in the league. When you look at, at where it started, with the Bulls signing Lonzo Ball, getting that perfect backcourt mate for Zach Levine, right? Fixing that issue. The Bulls have not had a starting, a point guard of Lonzo Ball's caliber since Derrick Rose. Then you take that in the next, what came next after that, the DeMar DeRozan signing. A, a player who is now leading the league in fourth quarter minute, I'm so, sorry, fourth quarter points scored. But on top of that, is the, the leading scorer on this team. A, a player who was, a lot of people consider maybe washed up. They thought like, look at, go back and look like, we all know uh, that DeMar was quote unquote the worst signing. Um, a player that people didn't think was going to fit next to Zach Levine. They took that and then they turned, like they, they signed that player with a vision and now he's an amazing scorer, having one, a, rena, a renaissance, renaissance in his career in, in a lot of ways. Because, yes, while he did play solidly on the San Antonio Spurs, people did not think that DeMar still had performances like this in him, right? So the vision from AK and Eversley there. Then when you look at getting Alex Caruso from the Lakers and the, the fact, yes, a big part of that played in the fact that the Lakers didn't want to pay him. But the Bulls, while a lot of our, our fans were clamoring for to bring Derrick Rose back and they for all intents and purposes, it may have been some conversations there because the Alex Caruso signing happened very shortly after Derrick Rose signing was announced that he was staying in New York. But either way, they brought that player in and he's been playing and paying huge dividends um, for this team. And, and a lot of like in last night's game, key moments like it's not always going to be in the stat sheet with Alex Caruso. But key moments in him getting turnovers to help the Bulls um, hold on to that lead and eventually win this game. When you look at that, when you look at a player like Derrick Jones Jr., um, who, yes, he's he's coming on more lately, right? And he didn't start off the season playing very much. He's been playing more lately. But again, Derrick Jones Jr. was a player that the Portland Trailblazers expected to be a starter. And the Bulls have him on their bench and they're playing him out of position at center. 
like I said, uh, Tony Bradley w- really hasn't been much on this team. We had Troy, uh, Troy Brown Jr. last year to end the season. But when you look at like all the moves, even drafting Ayo DeSumo, um, a player who, you know, uh, fell. And, and you know, the Bulls had the foresight, even though looking at their roster, they probably didn't need another guard, but they had the foresight to go ahead, draft him, see what he has. And he's been showing up for us big time. Still makes rookie mistakes, absolutely, right? But still been showing up for us big time. And I, and so, like, in that thought, like, is this the be- the Bulls' best offseason? Now, of course, people want, would want to go right to that first uh, Tibbs year um, after the Bulls signed Carlos Boozer. Uh, they brought in uh, Ronnie Brown. Uh, no, not Brown. What was his last name? Ronnie Brewer. Oh, sorry. Uh, Kyle Korver. And we really, we again took a team that was a solid team and took them into a, a contender for the Eastern Conference Finals. But it, it's different. We had Derrick Rose as a building block there. We ha- still had Luau Dang, who was on this team. We already had Todd Gibson, who was on that team. Um, and these are big contributors to that team as well. Um, but I feel like the Bulls carried over more pieces, right? They more so refined what was going on already on, on the roster at that point in time. That's not to take away and say that it still wasn't a great offseason because it absolutely was. Um, Omer Ashik came in. That, that that was his first year as well, like uh, Ashik. They, and so, but they've completely turned over this roster. They completely took a roster that people thought, okay, the Bulls are probably going to score very well. They're going to be a scrappy team. Uh, they may make the play in, right? They may fight for the for the, the the eighth seed, maybe as high as the sixth seed. To we are the second best team rank wise in the NBA with a chance when we go against the Nets on Saturday to be the number one ranked team in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I wanted to present that question, start the video off with that thought: Was this the best offseason? in Chicago Bulls history. Let me know what you think down below. What do you think were some of the better off-seasons that the Bulls had, some of the better acquisitions? And I'm going to take this a bit further. And I said this on the live stream last night, but I want to present it on this video. Is DeMar DeRozan the best free agent signing in Chicago Bulls history? Think about that. Think about that. Uh, let me know what you think down below. If you agree, disagree, if you think Hayes is off his rocker, as I tend to be sometimes. Uh, but let's go into the mailbag. We got a couple of things that we're going to go into um, and I just want to talk about these and we're going to keep pushing after that. Uh, this one from Antonio uh, Vitor. Hot take. Bulls trade Zach Levine for a power forward. More picks in the trade deadline and Caruso's promoted to the starting five. Reasoning. Bulls don't want to pay the max and they don't want to let him leave for nothing. Listen, Zach Levine is not leaving this. Come on, man. The Bulls are not trading Zach Levine. Um, as far as they don't want to pay him the max, Zach Levine has earned the max. Now, the super max, he has to work himself into that, right? That is one thing that you have to qualify for. But the max, Zach Levine is showing he's a max player. When you look at the way he plays out there with the confidence, when he's not letting the refs get in his head, come on, man. Like, Antonio, love you. You're a big supporter of the channel. But come on, man. Come on. That's what I got to say with that one. But, uh, you know, I'm sure there are some people that may may even think that but don't want to uh, admit it. But with that being said, like the Bulls trade Zach Levine for a power forward. It doesn't. This team is built around what we get from Zach. So our need for a power forward, none of that matters if we don't have Zach Levine. So I can't get with that one, Antonio. But, you know, I, I understand that you that you, you may have different thoughts and that's fine. Right. Um, the next one, this was one from user Jabroni. Right. I've noticed Bulls fans are always. Um, Talking about dumping the second and third year player for a rookie. It's already I've already started seeing it with Patrick Williams. The second Io made a shot before Williams, it was Kobe starting to get some heat last year. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. before him and Laurie Markkinen before that. It gets old. If a player isn't a superstar by the time 
their third year comes and it feels like the majority of the fans are done with them. Uh, then you have players like Lonzo and Caruso coming in who are essentially four-year versions of these players and we love them. Always about moving on to the next best thing. Okay, so um, in this comment, I do want to say, uh, Laurie, I understand it. Laurie showed great promise early on. Um, that aggression, his lack of aggression has really hurt him over the course of his career. Um, I understand it with Laurie. I also understand it with Wendell Carter Jr. I like the Bulls fans wanting to to get rid of Wendell is because I think especially when we weren't a winning team, we kept looking at what was going to get us over the hump. So initially, when we draft these players, we think, okay, uh, brings the Wendell Carter Jr. He's going to bring some shooting. He's going to bring great defense. He's going to be great rebounding, and he never quite lived up to that. Uh, yes, and. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of that also, um, the fact that we had Boylan as our coach for so long, who was terrible for player confidence, terrible for player development, um, really hurt a lot of those young players. He was not a team, I mean, a coach for a team that was trying to rebuild and rebuild with young players that um, that needed guidance, right? His style just didn't work and the players were over him. And I think that did affect a lot of players' confidence. Now we'll see what they do going into other teams, but specifically with the Patrick Williams and Kobe. Um, the 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 taste with Kobe White again, I think, came because people thought that Kobe White was going to be our starting point guard next to Zach Levine. Uh, they they were going to be the Splash Brothers East, um, and that that was Kobe is isn't a point guard. That's what we found out is that Kobe isn't a point guard. Kobe is a scorer, and I do think that Kobe being in a bench role once he gets more comfortable with his body again, being out for for off season, we'll we'll see. I think he still has that potential. But yes, people absolutely turned on Kobe. Prior to that. That we came into the season knowing we needed another four, especially when Patrick Williams went down and Bulls fans immediately thought that the key and the answer to the Bulls solving the power forward problem is going to be trading Kobe White. Kobe's trade value is probably at an all time low right now. That's not going to be the key that as to quote Kanye West, you ain't got the answers, right? <laughs> um, but it, it's it's yeah, I mean, Bulls fans absolutely do it. And, you know, it probably happens in more fandoms as well. Um. But yes, yeah, as soon as anyone shows any promise and at the same time somebody's not living up to to uh, fans' expectations, they want to trade him. They want to ship him out. The biggest one is Patrick Williams, a 20-year-old rookie who in his rookie season was guarding the team's best perimeter player sometimes, um, who showed great promise defensively, hasn't shown aggressive offensively like some people want him, but people are so focused on him getting to what they ultimately think he can be, that they're not focused on the fact that this kid, because that's what he is, has a lot of years of development ahead of him. And that's perfectly fine. He is on a team now to where he doesn't, he he's in the perfect way to develop over the course of three or four years like like he needs to. Focus on defense, focus on what you can do. He doesn't need to be a little bit more aggressive with hitting open shots because he's going to get a lot on this team when he, when he comes back healthy. Um, but with that being said, he, his offense is not what we need at any point right now. And, and I, I get fans wanting and thinking and, and, and being frustrated with, especially how he started this season off, but he came in injured, right? He came in with issues, um, injuries this season. And he never was quite able to get over him because it kept being something nagging to the big one that took him out for the rest of the season. But I have a lot of uh, promise. I see a lot of promise in Patrick Williams. I do think Bulls fans need to calm down on Patrick Williams and and rushing him to be this this thing, right? This this, this perfect version of himself. Hell, even Zach Levine took what three or four years before he was really. You know, he dealt with injuries and stuff too. Um, but yeah, allow trust the process. And now at least we have a front office, right? That we that we can trust is going to be focused on the development of this team. And when you have things like that, it makes it a little bit easier. 
Let's get into the last one. We actually have a voicemail, our first voicemail from Edwin. I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys right now. Hey, hey, this is Edwin calling out of Brooklyn. Um, just a couple comments I was thinking about, about the Bulls and their chances of um, turning into a championship-level team. Because I think right now we're just under that. Uh, our ceiling, I believe, is like the conference finals. Um, but right now, I think in order for us to take that next step, uh, really, I believe that, um, and this is no knock on our guys, but um, it starts off with defense. Like, I think when I'm watching the game and I'm seeing DeMar and Zach, um, you know, from our starting five, they play pretty good on-ball defense, and, and but really sometimes they do take uh, some possessions off. So um, I think that – and it, it is acting a lot from them because they do so much on the offensive end that it's hard to ask them to do anything else. Uh, but I feel like in order to get to the championship level, and championship level players are, are the ones that play hard on both ends of the floor, you know. Um, so I think that that needs to be done. They need to, you know – turn that level up and I hope in the playoffs they do but I think during the season they need that practice they need to get into that more uh, other than that um, I think Zoe definitely needs to improve his inside game he needs to be able to finish on the rim better uh, he needs to improve his mid-range shot because right now he's an incredible threat of three-point line um, but not much of one inside so once he gets that developed then he could be dishing out to Zach Damar or Vucevic and it's over. I mean, it's over at that point. Um, and if they sag off him, they need to be, he needs to be able to punish them, okay? So right now I feel like those – and we need a four. We need a, we need a, we need a four. Um, we need a good four. So I don't know if we wait on Patrick Williams or not. I think we need to get somebody. Um, but I think that those adjustments will get us into the, into the uh, championship-level uh, discussion, I believe. All right, thank you. Let me know what you think. So a couple of things from Edwin in that one. Um, a, um, you know, him him saying that, you know, our ceiling is, is right under Eastern Conference Finals. I've already talked about this. I really do think the Bulls can make an Eastern Conference Finals right now with the way that they play, with the heart and determination they play. And it depends on matchups and where everything falls. I'm not saying that they should be favored to do that, but I do think they have that ability to make it there. Um, as far as uh, the, the play from Zach Levine, um, Zach Levine has is, is improved tremendously defensively really over the last course of the last like two or three years, but it seems like he's taken a big, a big leap while the team is overall playing better team defense. Um, Billy Donovan is getting the best out of this team defensively. He did great defensively as well. We were 12th in the league defensively last year with a much worse um, defensive team. But what ultimately what I took from this is, what is it going to take for the, the Chicago Bulls to get to the championship level? Um, it's going to take the team improving because we're, we're still a quarter into the, uh, this team's first season together. That chemistry is still building. We saw it some last game. Like that first half that the Bulls played is like what they can play with the perfect version of them trusting each other, playing with the with the ball freedom in, in which they, they do and they have shown before. Um, but yeah. The, the Bulls do need a four, right? We know that. They need a a rebounding, shot-blocking, uh, plays with a lot of energy and can hit open shots for. Not a superstar, not a star. They don't necessarily need it. Now, if they can get one, okay. But it, they, that's not necessarily what they need to really take them to the next level. Um, as well as the play of Alex Caruso. We know Alex has been playing amazingly, um, and he's going to continue that. Like, Alex 
is what this what this Bulls team is going to do ultimately depends on health. It's going to depend on matchup. It's going to depend the adjustments that Billy Donovan has made because I have some issues with the adjustments he's made or not made over the course of this season so far. But with all that being said, once all those things come together, if they come together, right, or if they change, whatever else, the Bulls, we absolutely have a team that can contend, especially if you're just talking about an Eastern Conference Finals. And like I've been saying before, because I do think that the Bulls can beat, not necessarily that they will beat anyone, but they can beat anyone. If we can see the Bulls getting to an Eastern Conference Finals, we have to say that there's a chance they can get to the finals, at least from my thinking and the way that I decide to think about it. But that's this week's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. This week's, this is today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central, a little bit of a longer one. I wanted to go over those things. Let me know what you think about everything down below. If you agree with anything, if you thought anybody's takes were absolutely crazy, let me know all that down below. Uh, like I like to end every video on. Wait, pause. I got to get better at this. You can send any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, uh, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. We also have a voice and text line uh, that you can call or leave us a text at. That's 773-270-2799. I want to hear from you guys. I want to keep this interaction going, so let me know. Uh, reach out to me, whichever way is easier to you. But like I like to end every video on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break Media. Media.